If you can't trust the Headless Horseman, who can you trust? And then we travel to Iceland to take a look at a cursed artifact known as the Necropants. Is it possible that whether or not you are financially successful all comes down to whose skin you're in? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys have lots of plans for the weekend. Or maybe not. Maybe you're just sitting at home, relaxing. That's what I like to do. And someone who's always relaxed, except that he's trapped, currently trapped in a pair of necro pants, walking into Dead Rabbit Command is one of our newest Patreon supporters. He's continuing his journey from yesterday. Everyone give it up. For Jonah. Woohoo! Yeah, walk on in. Walk on in, buddy, to Dead Rabbit Command and take a seat. Uh, not that chair because you're wearing a dead man's skin. But just stand up. Just stand up. It's probably better for all of us. Jonah, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. I really do. I've said it a thousand and fifteen times, but I mean it. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. And that's a perfect segue into today's. Fan Art Friday submission. Look at this. This is a flyer made up by Finn. Finn loves Dead Rabbit Radio so much that he designed his own flyer. And he's been putting it up around his hometown. I'm pretty sure there's nothing in this photo that he can be doxed in. I'm sure all over the world there are people wearing green shirts and biking down the road. But I guess if you see one of these signs in your neighborhood, then you know Finn's around. But anyways, Finn redesigned the flyer, and he made a QR code that takes you right to deadrabbitradio.lipson.com, which is our main source of, like, if you're just looking for the podcast, that's where to go. And that's awesome. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about, spreading the word about Dead Rabbit Radio, and it helps out so much. And Finn, thank you so much. That's really cool. And it looks very sunny there. <laughs> I'm assuming this photo was taken months ago. Jonah, let's go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider. We're going to jump off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Command. Everyone grabbing on his waist as he glides us all the way out to Georgia. We were actually in Georgia yesterday talking about uh, the ghost chasers. I went on a bit of a rant, and that's why Jonah gets an extra episode, because he didn't get a chance to fly the carpenter copter. No rants this episode, no rants incoming. We're going to just check out. This is a very, very peculiar haunting. This is why I love doing this show, is finding stuff like this. I've never come across anything like this. I will say, there there is a possibility that the reason why this is so odd is there's a typo. But... Let's take a look at it. Let's look at it either way. Either someone wrote the ghost story out wrong and left out a key word, or this is a -a one-of-a-kind event. We're in Dalton, Georgia. And if you're in the area, you can check this out yourself. If you do find anything, I get half. Between Chatsworth and Dalton, between the cities of Chatsworth and Dalton, near the Mitchell Bridge Road, is a graveyard. Now, I'll say this. I did try finding this location myself. I wanted all the gold for myself. I guess I should have given away that this is gold-related, but I could not find a graveyard in this area. I was looking on Google Earth for this. 
but it might be one of those old-timey graveyards that have basically just become absorbed into house basically you know how those new houses you know how those new housing developments are they just build them on top of graveyards like poltergeist it may be like underneath some trees it may be like a really small graveyard i couldn't pick anything out via satellite but you guys if you're in the area you guys might be able to figure this out apparently there's a graveyard over off of mitchell bridge road it's a pretty big road though so i mean i i, I looked but i couldn't see anything Legend says that when the conditions are just right, you need it to be late at night. You need it to be foggy. And there needs to be a rainstorm. So all three of those things need to be happening at the same time. If you're out on this road and near this graveyard, thick fog has surrounded you. It's raining. Late at night. You will... Or may, I guess I should <laughs> like Jason have been out here every day for the past three years. I haven't seen anything. You may see a headless horseman. This ghastly specter is what was once a wealthy man in the area who died via decapitation. <laughs> Head rolling down the street. You know, it's interesting because every so often I come across an article. <laughs> what newspapers do you possibly read that this happens every so often? Every so often I come across an article that talks about can the brain be conscious that it's been decapitated? If you cut off somebody's head, or it happens in an accident, something like that, right? Will the person know they've been decapitated? And whenever I read that, I go, obviously, yeah, you would. You would know. You would know. If your head was removed from your body suddenly, you're not like, see you later, consciousness. Like, there is a moment where all of a sudden you would, like, I'm looking straight ahead. And the next thing I know, I'm looking up at the sky, ground, sky, ground. I got, like, mud in my nose. And I'm like, oh, what just happened? And then I would die. There would be a moment where you would realize that your head had been removed from your body. Now, I'm sure it's pretty scary right on the, on the scale of things that would be terrifying. Realizing you've been decapitated it ranks probably, it's probably number one, honestly, right? But I'm sure, I mean, it would be ridiculous to think that, no, once you get decapitated, you immediately stop being conscious like immediately there would be a a second or two at least where you would know you probably want to feel the mud on your face i think like maybe your nerve endings stopped working but maybe not maybe you can roll around in the mud a bit <laughs> you suffocate after you get after you get your head chopped off you land face first in the mud you're like bur, 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 sinking into a swamp of course you would know of course you would you would be aware that your head was flying around I remember there's that famous story about the guy got his head chopped off by the guillotine and they picked it up out of the basket. This is like old timey France, like, like like French Revolution France. And he, he actually, no, they didn't pick his head up out of the basket. The corpse. Well, you know, like so the the guillotine comes down, chops off the guy's head. His head rolls in the basket and then his own body picks up his head and he uses the head to like kiss his bloody stump. That's not, that's not true. That, that wouldn't work that way. 
But I've also heard stories about people who have been decapitated and people who are on the scene. Like, they didn't show up a couple minutes later. Like, they watched this guy get decapitated. They said often there's a look of anguish on the head. It goes, whoa. Like, it's scared. It's it's scared. It's been removed from its body. And I've read articles and they go, oh, no, that's just nerve. That's just that's just nerve endings of firing in a way to make it look like he's scared. They're not actually scared. These heads aren't scared. It just looks like that. It just looks like he's terrified. Well, that's a pretty specific thing. It's not like anyone's head ever gets chopped off and the synapses randomly make it look like they're having a really good time. It's general anguish but anyways now that i've terrified all of you from ever working in anywhere with a forklift let's go back to this story i'll see if i can find any of those articles that i run across every once in a while about do decapitated heads now they've been decapitated but back to this one this wealthy man dies in this area via decapitation and you know, this is an old time. We, this is one of those stories. Other, we have a very specific location. Well, it may, may not exist, but we have a very specific location in this graveyard between Chatsworth and Dalton on Mitchell Bridge Road. But we don't have a time period. We don't have a name of the wealthy man, anything like that. But I'm assuming old timey because this guy, he didn't have his fortune tied up in Wells Fargo Bank or anything like that. He buried it. That was the bank of the old ones. You buried your money. You didn't get a lot of return on your investment, but you did also didn't get shot in the belly because someone wanted some gold. Well, I guess this guy got decapitated, so it didn't work out too well for him. But you bury your gold or your treasure, and no one's ever found this wealthy man's treasure. Well, I came across this story on the Shadowlands.net, which is a great website if you're into ghosts, and I recommend it to people all the time who are into ghosts. Let me read you exactly what it says on the Shadowlands.net. I was able to find this story in one other place, but, you know, sometimes they may have also got it from the Shadowlands.net. Let me read this to you. It says, There was a guy that was buried in the graveyard that was killed by decapitation that was said to be rich and buried his money somewhere. On a rainy, stormy, foggy night, you will see a headless horseman, and he will chase you. It's pretty standard for these types of events, chasing you. If you're on a horse, you might as well, right? You might as well, you might as well chase down people. If you had to like do it yourself, you'd be like, I'll just float here for a little bit and then disappear. On a rainy, stormy, foggy night, you will see a headless horseman, and he will chase you to tell you where the money is buried. Now... It's possible that whoever wrote this meant to say he will chase you away from the money. Because that is the account of pretty much every other treasure specter out there. We covered one recently. The Gloucester Ghoul. They're all over the place. We hear these stories about phantoms protecting pirates' booty and glowing skeletons protecting lost mines and things like that and New Mexico, Arizona, somewhere down there. Very, very common specter. This one, if you... This is a huge gambit, too. This is a big thing to leave up to chance that the Shadowlands.net got it right. Because if you happen to be out in this area late at night, it's rainy, it's foggy, and all of a sudden you hear... <laughs> 
It's not the Crypt Keeper. It's not the, don't get your autograph books ready. You turn around, there's a horse, and on it is the man with no head. And he begins chasing you. You have to think, do I? <laughs> You're like pondering this as he's trampling you to death. You're like, well, I guess this was wrong. You can start running while you think about it, but you can go, okay, so wait a second. I, I heard about this on Dead Rabbit Radio. Do I stop and let this phantom catch up to me? Assuming that the Shadowlands.net got it right, and once he catches up to me, because he doesn't tell you, he doesn't just appear behind you and go, look over there. He chases you. He actively goes into pursuit, and if he catches up to you, he will tell you where his treasure is buried. That just there doesn't seem right about there's something that doesn't there's something that doesn't seem right about this headless ghost chasing you down the road. You figure if he really wanted you to know, maybe he wants it to go to the fastest of foot. Maybe he wants to know, hey, son, you you outran you outran my horse of the damned. I think you deserve a little something, something. I got some gold over there. Apparently, he chases you, and then you have to decide. I am going to keep running away. I'm going to run to the dry cleaners and drop my pants off. Or I'm going to stop in the middle of this darkened road and let him catch up to me, and he will tell me where his treasure is. Super weird. If this isn't a typo, it's super bizarre. I'm trying to think of a similar ghost that leads you to treasure. There are spirits that have led people out of disaster. We tend to call those guardian angels, but there's also stories of that. So not even like you have a guardian angel that's a, a, a instantaneous phenomenon. I'm trying to think of a ghost that appears in an area regularly. Yeah, actually, we I, off the top of my head, I don't remember the exact circumstances, but there have been ghosts that have appeared before big storms. And so people know, hey, a big storm's coming in. We saw Angela, Angela on the rock. She appears every time a giant storm rolls in because her lover died in a boat crash or whatever. Not super common, but we do see stories like that as well. I don't think I've ever seen one where a ghost tries to lead you to his buried treasure. So my instinct tells me that this is a typo, that this was put out wrong. But again, like that's the thing with the world of the paranormal. There are all sorts of stories, and you can't necessarily say they all have to be exactly the same. So I, I, I find it I find it very interesting that he may lead you to the treasure. I do have to say, the only way someone would know about this is if they tried it. They, they just didn't have it in them to run that night. They're like, oh, whatever. I've lived a good life. This is how I die. She's going to stand here. And then the ghost would catch up to him and go, Ah, good sir, you have proven that you are the fastest around. And you're like, I actually didn't try. And the ghost is like, ah. Anyways, my treasure's over there. And that person who lived to tell this tale would have went and dug up the treasure. Would have gotten it, right? So he may come back into town and be like, Hey, you won't believe what happened to me. There is, You literally won't believe this. It sounds unbelievable. I was chasing down the street by the headless horseman. He showed me where his treasure was, and here it is. Puts a little treasure chest up on the table. That means there would be nothing left, right? There'd be nothing left for anyone else. Like, he could tell that tale, but if you did happen to get caught by the headless horseman, eventually he catches up to you and just kind of shrugs and goes, well, it used to be over there. Unless, what if, we put on our conspiracy caps here, wrap this part up, 
What if, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of, this is just kind of making stuff up. This takes more than a conspiracy cap. What if every time the Headless Horseman catches up to you, if you dug up the treasure, a new treasure manifests in its place? And so for each person, if they get caught by the Headless Horseman, there's more gold. The gold is replaced for them. And it's not some Twilight Zone thing where you're like, all right, I got my gold. And then you're like, why does my head feel so funny? Oh, and it rolls off. And then you become the next Headless Horseman. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, if I stole 10,000 doubloons from this, I didn't steal it. I didn't steal it, just to be clear, ghost jury. I didn't steal it. He told me where I was at. I got 10,000 doubloons from Headless Horseman. And then a week later, you go out there, you dug up, you would find another treasure chest full of another 10,000 doubloons. Because at the end of the day, he's a ghost, right? This is some sort of spirit. He's not going to be like, oh, sorry, I don't have any money left. If he can manifest his body. Ghosts are known for manifesting coins out of nowhere. That It's not super common paranormal phenomenon, but it's less rare than a lot of other ones. So it's possible that this ghost can not only make you rich, but can make everybody rich. So I'm going to drive a bunch of tourism to Mitchell Bridge Road. I do have to say, too, in Shadowlands.net, they do not specify, if you do go out to this area, they do not specify Mitchell Bridge Road. It's Mitchell Bridge, but I couldn't find that either. I can only find Mitchell Bridge Road, but I'd be really curious. I'd be very curious if any of you guys go check this out. And our pursuit down live stream it. Live stream it as you're being chased by this headless horse ghost. And let us know. Let us know if you find the treasure. Or let us know if your live stream just goes dark as a hoof crushes your phone. Either or. Either or works for us. Jonah, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carbon copter. We are leaving behind Georgia. Fly us all the way out to Iceland. First off, I want to give a shout out to Slink's Slowdown. They're the person who posted about this story. I'd never heard anything like this. This is absolutely fascinating. Well, I can't say I've never heard anything like it. We've covered magical artifacts in the past. I think it's one of my favorite episodes. It's very, very early episode. It's in the first 100 episodes of Dead Rabbit Radio. It was about the Hand of Glory. The original Infinity Gauntlet, I think, is the name of the episode. Or the real Infinity Gauntlet. It was a magical artifact that you had to... It's super complicated. Super complicated to make, but if you had one, you were basically invincible. Um, you had to get a human hand from a murderer. Like a murderer who had been executed. You needed to dig his hand up or cut it freshly from his corpse as he's rotting in a cage. It's all, all, all sort of, that was, That's just the beginning. You had to like wrap it in baby fat or something like that. It was absolutely insane. I'll put that episode in the show notes. It's a crazy relic. This falls along the same lines. But the the Hand of Glory was something you had to make. And what would what it would allow you to do is break into people's houses and it would put everyone to sleep in the house. That was one of its main components. It had other abilities, but you could walk into the house, everyone would fall asleep, you could take everything. It was a thieves weapon. So very, very interesting. I'll put it in the show notes. But Iceland has a couple things like that. Uh, that was Northern European. This one, we're in Iceland. There's a couple different things like this. First off, let's say you're thirsty one day. It's old-timey Iceland. It's the 1700s, and you're parched. You are living on a giant island, so I'm sure you can just go down to the good old ocean 
and drink some of that. Probably not. Probably not. I don't know how salty the water is around Iceland, but let's say you don't want to do that. Let's say you're too lazy to, to walk out to the well and get some water or to walk to the ocean and get some water. You could create a tilbury. What you need, the first thing you need is a pair of ample bosoms. So that's usually women create these things, but you you need a big pair of boobs, which honestly is the best way to start any spell, right? You need a big pair of boobs, and then you need to steal a rib, a rib bone from a corpse. So you got the boobs, and you're like, I'll be back in a second, honey. Gotta go down to the graveyard. You and this is all just to get a drink. I know life was harsh in 1700s Iceland, but you go down to the graveyard, you steal a rib, and I love it because these spells are so mean-spirited as well. These magical artifacts are so cruel. Then you have to wrap it in gray wool, but not just any gray wool. You have to steal it from a sheep. You have to steal the wool from the sheep of a widow. So this woman, oh, I can't believe my husband. Oh, fully he had stayed hydrated, but he was too lazy to get a drink of water. Boo! While she's sobbing over her dead lover, you break into her farm and steal some wool from a sheep. It has to be gray wool. I don't know if there's gray sheep. I don't know if you have to dye it after that. But anyways, <laughs> really at this point, I'm nitpicking small details because this thing's about to become horrendous. You take... The rib of a corpse, you take gray wool stolen from the sheep from a widow, and you, like, wrap it up, and then you stuff it in between the boobs. So you just stick it in there and squeeze them shut, squeeze those boobies tight, and that's just part one of the spell. Then, every Sunday for three Sundays... That woman has to go to church. She's like, this wasn't part of the deal. I thought I'd have Sunday mornings off. No. She has to go to church, a Catholic church, and when they give her the communion wafer, she goes, yum, yum, yum. And then she looks from side to side, and then she spits the communion wafer into her cleavage. And this bone wrapped in wool is going to start eating the spit-out communion wafer. She has to do that three Sundays in a row, and then after the third time you've fed this thing, the spit-out communion wafer, it bites her on the thigh. Ow! And now you have a tilbury. Again, this entire thing is to drink. This entire thing is to get drinks. You now have a two-headed snake that steals goat milk. It will slither around until it finds a goat attach itself to its nipples, and drink up... I mean, it's fresh goat milk. I mean, I guess that's a good thing. But, but it drinks up the goat milk and then comes back to your house and vomits it up in a bucket. And there you go. You now have fresh goat milk to drink. All it took was about a month and several felonies. And now you have unlimited goat milk. You can make all the goat cheese you want, um, but I probably wouldn't eat it because it does involve snake vomiting. But you could sell it and just leave that part out of the brochure. But you could say it's, you could say it's organic. So we have stuff like the Tilbury, but that's not the main reason why we're in Iceland. That's not the main reason why Jonah has been wearing the necro pants now for two episodes. 
I want to talk about another artifact called the Necropants. And there are some historians who say these have never been made. This is just fables, because apparently you had, like, the pagan religion in Iceland. And then around the 1700s, maybe a little bit earlier, but in this time period, you had Christian missionaries come out there. And they're like, we're here to teach the way of the Lord. I hope you guys like communion wafers. And people are like, well, uh, we got other plans for those. And you, it was interesting. In Iceland, they had their version of their witch trials. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did show up earlier in the 1700s. But in the 1700s, we had the Icelandic witch trials. But unlike the witch trials of America, the witch trials in Iceland were predominantly men who were being accused and castigated and executed for witchcraft. Because you had all these old pagan religions and now you had Christianity come in. We get these stories coming out of those two culture clashes. The historians go, we don't know if a pair of necropants have ever been made, but there are definitely stories about them. There's a replica of necropants at a museum in the area. I, I have to say, uh, saying the necropants don't exist is exactly what I would expect. <laughs> exactly what I would expect someone who wears necropants to say. So maybe the people are trying to suppress the truth because if this is a true relic, this is incredibly powerful. Locally, they're known as the Nabrock, which translates into necropants, or another term that's used is corpse breeches. It just doesn't sound as cool. Necropants. Here's how we make a pair of necropants. And these are worth it. If I want to go get goat milk, I'll go... I I will go and suck off the teat of a goat myself. I don't need a two-headed snake to do it. It's not worth it to make a tilbury for me. But necropants... I mean, these things are incredibly powerful. What happens is, first off, you have to get permission from a living man. You have to ask him, hey... I've noticed that you're not going to live forever. You're not immortal. You're not Superman. I've noticed you're going to die at some point. I was wondering if when you die, if I can have your skin. And you're like, okay, okay. Don't freak out just yet. I, let me be more specific. I'm not, I don't want your face. That's a maniac. Only a maniac. Only a maniac would want all your skin. I just want the skin. From your waist down. I'll put it to good use. And so if the guy agrees. Then. You just wait for him to die. You're just sitting there. You're feeding him cheeseburgers all day long. You're like look what I just invented. It's 1700s Iceland. And I've invented the cheeseburger. Goat cheeseburger. You feed him cheeseburgers until he dies. Or he just dies of a natural death. And what you have to do. Is you have to wait until he's buried. Then you sneak into the graveyard. As you're doing this, you see your neighbor. You see your neighbor breaking a rib bone off something. You're like, I wondered where all my goat milk was going. You go to the graveyard. You dig up this dude's grave that you've made this arrangement with. You get his corpse. Now, what you have to do is you have to flay his skin in one piece. You would have to be an artiste to do this. You'd have to be like a long-time leather worker, butcher, sadistic madman. You have to, from the waist down, you have to flay all of his skin off in one piece. You can't, like, accidentally rip it. You can't stitch it together. It won't work. You basically have to make, if you imagine if someone peeled the skin off of you, 
from... I don't know if you need the feet. Maybe maybe because that would be super hard. You're like, oh man, I always rip the ninth toe. Oh man. You just you just throw the flayed skin down on the ground. And you go back. You're like, I'll try again. I don't know if you need the... I think the picture didn't show the feet, the necropants. But so imagine a pair of pants, but it's human flesh. That is what this is. But it's not stitched together. You have to flay it down in one piece. You may not need to do the toes or the feet, but you do need to do the testicles. You need to make sure that you get all of the good stuff going on down there. You got to pull it off in one piece. Now you have a pair of necro pants. But they're not fully powered yet. You just have this stinky, gross thing. Your wife's like, uh, honey... Uh, you're doing something with it, right? I noticed in the workshop you have that pair of pants, uh, that flayed human skin. You're going to finish that project, right? Yeah, 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 on the weekend. You have this, now you have to power it. The way that you do is that you have to go and find a poor widow, find a woman who's already lost her husband. She doesn't have any money to pay rent. Her goats are all of a sudden not producing any milk. You have to steal a coin from her. And then there's a sigil you write on like a little piece of paper. So you have a widow's coin. You have a sigil on a piece of paper. You tuck those into the scrotum, into your friend's scrotum. And now put the pants on. I guess I probably should have told you earlier. You're making a pair right now. You're like, whew, okay, what's the next detail, Jason? I can't wait. Make sure you can fit into your friend's skin. Don't pick the twink. Don't pick the dude who has super thin legs. Pick like a big beefy guy. Is what I would suggest. You got hammer pants on. You're like, oh, oh, oh. Here come the necro pants. You have, like, you want, because here's the thing. You have to wear these for the rest of your life. I probably should have included that detail. You just put them on. You're like, okay, what? Jason, why don't you tell us all the details in the beginning? My argument would be, why are you following step-by-step instructions and not listening to the entire thing yet? Trying to hold back my cough. I still have that COVID cough. That, To be fair, we're both in the wrong. But you have to put these pants on. You have to be able to fit into them. I think that was kind of implied. You have to be able to fit into these pants. You're like, Got him from like some guy who's like three feet tall. You're like, he's my best friend, and he said I could use his skin. What? Oh man, you put him on a doll, you put him on a Chucky doll. You have to be able to fit into these pants, and you can never take them off. So it should be a comfortable fit. And you also got this coin in your scrotum all the time. Not in your scrotum, it's in your best friend's scrotum, but his scrotum is now technically your scrotum. They're they're rubbing against each other. What is the point of the necropants, Jason? You're like, what? Why am I wearing the skin of my dead friend? Why did I rob that widow? Why have I done any of this? From now until the day you remove the pants. You can remove the pants. You're actually supposed to remove the pants at some point, but you'll become so addicted to them, you won't want to wear them. But you got to take them off before you die. So hopefully you don't die suddenly. From now, as long as you're wearing the necropants... Whenever you want money, you can reach into your best friend's scrotum and pull out coins. <laughs> You're pulling out pennies. You're like, ah! 
like go to the cat you go to walmart and you're like oh man 99 cents you're like one two you keep reaching in i don't know if the currency is dependent on the coin you originally put in i don't know if you just get gold coins each time but what you do is you have to reach in to the necro pants and as long as you don't remove the original coin you'll have an unlimited source of money coming out of your balls because technically they're yours at this point as well they're just like snug in there you constantly got to be pulling money out. And again, I don't think you want... I, I, I imagine you don't pull the money out in public. I don't imagine you go to pay your taxes and you're at the IRS office and you're like, here you go, and you just keep reaching into your pants. Even in the 1700s, they did have perverts. I'm sure they would have beat you to death. I would imagine you would go, hey, I'm going to need $500 to pay off this bill, and you just reach into your scrotum at home and pull the money out. And your wife's like, okay, okay, you've been you've been paying off a lot of bills, quote unquote, lately. Quit touching yourself. You pull money, unlimited amounts of money, out of the ball sack of your best friend's flayed skin. You're good to go. You're good to go. Now, like I said, you, I said you do have to keep them on forever. You at how could you get rid of them? You are now the wealthiest man in the village. Really, you're the wealthiest man in the world. And that's why I think that these things, if the currency rate is fine, if you reached in and you pulled out seven pence, then obviously that's a joke. Obviously, you did all this for nothing. But the point is, is that you would have unlimited currency. So let's say each time you pull, you reach in, you pull out a solid gold coin. That'd be worth it, right? You have a piece of solid gold you can exchange it for cash <laughs> then you're like putting the cash into your butt crack you're like that's not part of the spell it's just very comfortable but at some point before you die and hopefully you don't die suddenly you have to get rid of these pants because it's a cursed item even though you got permission you're still walking around in human skin whether or not it was consensual you're walking around in dead man's skin you have to get rid of these things if you don't get rid of them before you die, you're damned to hell. What people will do is pass these on to their children. <laughs> if, you thought, if you thought your parents were bad, at least they never gave you human skin. You pass it down to your children, and we can dissect this legend in a second. We're running out of time. I do want to go a little bit into that, but you pass it on to your children, so you're passing on that ability to remain successful and wealthy. But it's not as easy as taking them off, and then little Billy opens up a present, and he's like, whoa, necropants, necropants for Christmas. <laughs> Yay, it's what I've always wanted. It's not that easy. Of course it's not that easy. What you have to do is you can only take them off one leg at a time, which is how you normally take off pants. But remember, this is human skin. It's probably You've probably had them for 30 years now. It's probably dried out. It's probably tough like leather. But I would get out of one leg, and then the person I'm giving them to has to get in that, put their leg in that empty sleeve, that empty leg. That's incredibly hard. I want you guys to try that out. <laughs> I want you guys to get a pair of slacks or jeans or whatever. And try to take them off, and you you step out of one leg, and then someone else steps into that leg. And then you get out of the other leg, and the other person steps in that leg. You can't ever fully take them off until someone else is putting them on. If you do, this person now has a pair of necropants, they can reach into the ball sack and pull out money. 
it doesn't say what happens if you can't do this. Because it seems actually quite difficult. If I stepped out of pants with my right leg, someone else has to put their right leg in there. They can't have them backwards. They can't have the scrotum on their butt. First off, it would be hard to get money. Secondly, it wouldn't be too fun to sit down. But anyways, I assume that if you mess this up, one, the necropants stop working, and two, you are now damned to hell because you don't have... You didn't weren't able to give them to somebody else. It doesn't specifically say that, but... That's what I would assume. That's what I would assume the rules of corpse britches are. So the necropants will now serve a new master, your child, and they will go on to ensure riches for the next generation, and then they would pass those down to their children and so on and so forth. It's a fascinating artifact. We have to look at it in two ways. Uh, one, I think it's an interesting legend. And what I find very interesting, I don't want to go too much on this. I'm going to try to give myself like 45 seconds or a minute, but what I find so interesting is how much people in general, we see this all over the world, don't trust rich people. Like whether it's adrenochrome, whether it's you to be famous, you have to be a Satan worshiper in Hollywood, right? We have those modern day ones. And then we have old timey ones like deals with the devil. Those have been around for hundreds of years. The reason why they're so successful is they sold their soul. It's so interesting because humans both want to be successful for themselves and for their children. And yet also look down on people who reach a certain level of success. I don't think anyone who works at the auto shop is like, oh, you know, Buster, he's not a great boss. I'm pretty sure he sold his soul to the devil. He runs this shop all crazy. And it's weird. Yeah, I just find that so interesting how every society seems to distrust the wealthy. And some of that may be deserved, right? Sometimes we look at that and go, it's just, I find it super interesting. You can even go back to the Bible and they go, it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. I mean, Jesus said that. He was kind of the go-to guy. Um, so yeah, super interesting. You can even go that far back and people don't trust the rich. And so when you saw, if you lived in Iceland and your crops weren't doing that good, your goats weren't producing milk, you would assume someone had cast a spell on them. That is old world magic. So super interesting. The thinking about it on a psychological thing like that, but then also we'll wrap it up like this. What if they're real? What if they're real? This would be such a potent item to have you would have unlimited riches every time you wanted money again let's say you're pulling out like a solid gold coin each time you reach into your scrotum you're pulling out the equivalent of twelve hundred two thousand dollars investing it maybe just blowing it at a casino you're like i don't care i can lose all the money in the world my balls are full of it <laughs> you shouldn't say that out loud people are like uh security can you get rid of this guy? And check his balls as he's leaving. You might find a tip for me. The The idea that if these worked, and this would be a thing, right? If someone goes, no, they don't work. They've never actually been made. Here's a replica of what they look like. But they don't work. I would see, I could see if you go to Davos, you go to one of these world, where all these uh, quote-unquote elite, these world leaders, I don't think most of them are world leaders, businessmen, Go to these groups and they sit around and they talk about the next year of how the world's supposed to be going and the economy and the social issues and stuff like that. Who's to say 
two or three of them aren't wearing their best friend's skin. And really, it wouldn't even be that. It would be something that their father or their grandfather, or maybe even farther back, that they did. And they've passed these necropants down the family line. Because it would be a secret you would want to keep, because otherwise... <laughs> Graveyards would be the busiest place. All of a sudden, people, grave diggers are like, oh man, it's Saturday. This is when all the weirdos come out to dig up their friends' legs. Uh, I'm going to have to work overtime that day. Everyone would want a pair. It would collapse the world economy. Okay, maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's taking it too far. Maybe not everyone would want a pair, but again, if you had a pair of these, you couldn't, you wouldn't want to get rid of them. So that's the story of the Necropants. A powerful artifact, if they're real, might be one of the most powerful magical artifacts out there. Unlimited wealth. But it has a downside. It has a downside. You're wearing the skin of your best friend. <laughs> that definitely goes in the con category. There's not a pro there. You also imagine you'd have to be super careful. Like, no tackle football for you. <laughs> no tackle football for you, good sir. You're out there. You're running around. You got the ball. Then all of a sudden, someone grabs you, and uh, they rip your pants apart. Now, normally, you would just be embarrassed. You and your buddies would have a good laugh as you're standing there in tattered jeans. Apparently, <laughs> you're playing tackle football with the Hulk. You can rip your jeans off. Um, and then you just walk around in your boxer shorts for the rest of the day. It's a funny story to tell. But if you're wearing a pair of necro pants, I imagine you have to be very careful not to rip them. Not to destroy them, otherwise you'd be cursed to hell. So no tackle football for you. No Twister. No games of Twister. Those are the only things I can think of that'll ruin your pairs of pants. No Taco Bell. You're stuck in these poopy pants around a dead man's thighs. All sorts of things. Technically just three of them. But I, I would imagine... I mean, it's a cursed item. It actually technically doesn't say if you poop in them, you'll go to hell. It doesn't even say if you rip them, you'll go to hell. But let's just imagine. Let's put on our conspiracy cap made of our best friend's skull. Let's put it on. It's an interesting magical artifact. They're super powerful. And here's the thing. You may go, well, yeah, it is interesting, Jason. But I would never make them myself. I would never go and dig. I'm too lazy to get unlimited wealth. You're like, oh, I have to dig up a body. Uh, Never mind. I'll just work. You may choose not to make them yourselves, but what if your best friend or a loved one or someone you've looked up to all your life comes to you and says, hey, I'm in a bit of a pickle. I'm wearing skin of another man. That's, that's quite the way to start a conversation. And here's the thing. If I don't take these off before I die, and I, I haven't told you, but I'm not feeling that good. <laughs> it's probably a little more than not feeling good. I'm going to die any day, any day now. I need to take these pants off. And if these pants are on me when I die, then I go to hell. This is quite the conversation to drop in the middle of dinner. Will you wear my necro pants? And on the plus side, you know, you unlimited wealth. But on the other side, you're wearing this cursed object. Whether or not it's made of a dead man's skin. I mean, that is the main ingredient, but... You'd be wearing an object that if any moment, if you died wearing these things, you're cursed to hell. So would you really, what I'm getting to is, would you help your buddy out? Would you slide into one leg of these necropants as he's taking them off and then jump into the other one 
And now you're the owner of a cursed object. Yes, a object that will give you untold riches, but also one that you will someday also have to ask somebody, hey, do you want these pants? <laughs> you can't just drop them off the Goodwill. You got to get somebody to put them on. It's a fascinating dilemma. Would you wear the necropants? You may not make them yourselves, but would you help out someone you cared about if they told you? Please help. I need to find someone to wear these pants before I die. <laughs> you have this conversation in a speeding train. It's about to go off into a canyon. He's like, hurry up, hurry up, let's change. They'll make you immortal. You're like, oh, why do you want to take him off? And just hurry up, just hurry up. He's trying to get out of him. He's wrestling you. He's sliding your leg in. I don't know. I don't know if the rules say you can't force someone into the necro pants. But who's to say you may help a buddy out, put on the necro pants, and then you're like, wow, I wonder what these do. And you get hit by a car. And now you've gone to hell. You didn't even get a chance to reach into the scrotum to pull out unlimited riches. You didn't even get a chance to reach into your scrotum and pull out a couple of coins. You just died right away, and now you're in hell. So what you in that very, very specific set of circumstances? Or even not, if someone came to you and said, I have this cursed item, I need to get rid of it before I died, would you help somebody out? Would you be willing to bring that curse upon yourself? Sure. In this case... You'd become incredibly wealthy, but in the end, you also now have a cursed item. A pair of necropants that you better find someone who's willing to wear them for you. Otherwise, even though you didn't make them, even though it wasn't your idea to dig up a corpse and follow all these instructions and to get the sigil and the coin, and even if you didn't fully benefit from the riches that the necropants could provide. These may have been passed down along a family line, and he didn't have any kids, and you're just a good drinking buddy on the weekend. Now you're in possession of this cursed object. Whether or not you had anything to do with the creation of it, you are now cursed yourself. Would you be willing to do that? That's such an interesting dilemma with an item like the necropants. They're almost too dangerous to have, but too powerful. To turn down. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys.